what a great time of worship. Today is our Vision Sunday, and it's where I cast some vision for the rest of the year and into next year. There you go. I, I could uh, start this out by talking about football. It, it did. We did go three quarters with no score, which was pretty amazing, for real. And uh, I would say last night was um, a show of strength with um, LSU, go Tigers, Coach O. Uh, I hate that we lost, but, you know, that was a defense bar none right there. This was a defensive game. I was thinking about it, you know. I know you didn't ask for this commentary. This is not football <laughs> Sunday, but I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, well, it ended up a game where the quarterbacks, they had to get sneaky with some trick plays, and the quarterbacks had to run. And it, it just looked like, oh, Hurts could run. But uh, when it comes to, uh, 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 what's his name? Etling. He, he looked like Peyton Manning running, right? That's not his thing. So... Um, Anyhow, though, I was proud of Coach O, proud of the Tigers. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't know why I even said that. I guess it's just it, there's so many LSU fans in the house and a few Alabama fans, I have to admit. We came through our building dedication and 10-year anniversary service with flying colors. Uh, our teams, our team leaders rocked it, uh, absolutely rocked it. I love LifePoint. I love you guys. This is an amazing church. Uh, and, and we've come so far, but I, today I, I want to remind us we have a long ways to go. And I believe God has given me some direction. And I, I want to share that with you. I believe God has helped me to see more clearly where we are and where we're going and how we're going to get there. And so I would like to entitle this message today, Welcome Home. Welcome Home. You've probably seen that on the front wall out there. And this is, uh, like I said, Vision Sunday for the rest of 2016 and going into 2017. Why don't you stand with me for the reading of the word? We're going to look at Luke chapter 14 and pull out of this wonderful story some truth that will apply to us today. Luke 14, we'll start with verse 15. Great to have all of our guests in the house. Man, we want you to feel welcome here we want you to feel like you've been welcomed home right verse 15 of luke 14 now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things he said to him blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of god then he jesus said to him a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see to it. See it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. No excuse, right? No, not just, I'm just telling you, I, this is a fact. I married a wife and I'm stuck, right? So, <laughs> so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here 
the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. I want to say a prayer and I want to preach. Welcome home. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'd anoint me to speak, anoint us to hear. God, let somehow this go just beyond the the physical hearing and let it drop into our spirits god deeply challenge us move us today we ask this in jesus name everybody say amen Amen. god bless you you may be seated in 1916 ella wheeler wilcox published a poem entitled the winds of fate it goes like this but to every mind there openeth a way and way and away a high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low and in between on the misty flats the rest drift to and fro but to every man there openeth a highway and a low and every mind decideth the way his soul shall go one ship sails east and another west by the selfsame winds that blow Tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tell the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the ways of time as we journey along through life. Tis the set of the soul that determines the goal and not the calm or the strife. Today, I want us to set our sails and set our souls because God is giving us some direction Apostle Paul put it like this in Ephesians 5.18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is dissipation or recklessness, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is not speaking of being filled like a cup or a bottle. This is speaking of being filled like a sail. Life point. Today, we're going to set our sails and we're going to set our souls To catch the wind of the Holy Spirit and go where he wants us to go. Amen? Amen. Woo! During our building dedication 10-year anniversary weekend, some of our guests were so inspiring. They said some really cool things about LifePoint. I think there was a touch of the prophetic in those services. God confirmed much to me and Valerie that momentous occasion that weekend. Gene Mills from Family Forum said this, this community is blessed because of LifePoint. This community, these people need LifePoint, he said. You are supposed to be here. Pastor Anthony Mangan said, LifePoint is a praying, fasting, and soul-winning church with an apostolic mandate. Donna Marcelli said, God is with you, Life Point. God is leading you, Life Point. You will be effective in winning many souls, many people to Christ. Brother Marcelli said something profound. I think under the anointing, he said, There are seasons where angels gather together. You are in one of those seasons. You are not alone in your quest. God is with you, His angels are with you. 
to help you win many souls to Christ, you have divine favor. I was taught, and I said it earlier today, by my mentors to say when something like that goes out, I receive that into my spirit. Can you say that right now? I receive that into my spirit. Amen? I receive that. We are in a season of numerical and congregational growth. We are in a season of favor with God and with man. People are being supernaturally, unexplainably attracted to life point we are in a season of visitation we have angelic backup we have holy spirit support in our soul winning efforts to god be the glory for that and it's time for us to set our sails and to set our souls more than ever for jesus people and mission can i get an amen, amen. now let's take a look at our reading jesus tells the story of a man who gave a great supper. Matthew's version says he was a king, and the feast was for his son's wedding. In those days, the date of the occasion would be set, but not the exact time, because there was a lack of technology. They couldn't announce the time until the day of. I mean, there were no refrigerators, no freezers, no electric stoves and ranges and ovens and microwave ovens and crock pots. No Coleman camper stoves. No charcoal grills. Uh, maybe they were Cajuns. Uh, they didn't have uh, crawfish and jambalaya burners and pots and all that stuff. Uh, cooking, as we know, for a lot of people is a challenge. Can I get an amen, Kelly? Yeah, it, it's a challenge. We, we know cooking for a lot of people, but back then it was super tough. And we're told the king invited many people. And it seems like everyone invited said, yes, I'm coming. I'll be there. So the king begins preparation for the wedding of the century, right? The wedding of the century. We know a little bit about that. I mean, we prepared for Prince Caleb's wedding and the big one, right, was we prepared for Princess Elizabeth's wedding because she was the daughter and we were footing that bill. And so that was a big one uh, for us. Right now, Karen is preparing, uh, my sister-in-law is preparing for my niece Morgan's wedding, Princess Morgan. And, and then, of course, there's Princess Natalie who is preparing and her folks are preparing for a wedding and, 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 and others. And, and, and it's awesome. Here's, here's what happens when you prepare for a way. Decisions, difficult decisions, a million different decisions have to be made. And they cost money. Decorations. Oh, which decorations? What colors are going on? And, and it all costs money. Time is spent. And as we all know, time is money. And work. It just it takes so much work. And, and, and all of that costs money. And, and what you do is you invite as many as you c can afford to fill up that doggone venue that you're paying for because you want as many people as possible to show up and to celebrate with you. Now, this king had gotten everything ready. His team had chopped the salad, smoked the beef, baked but the potatoes, simmered the asparagus. I know you're thinking about lunch. Baked and buttered the rolls. Uh, like I said, maybe they were going the Cajun route. And they had fried the crawfish tails or cooked the gumbo, sauce pecan, jambalaya. They had heated up the rum sauce for the hot 
white chocolate bread pudding. And the king told his servant, he said, go get everybody and tell them, come and get it. Everything is ready. And you know the story. We read it. Everybody who said they were coming ended up being no-shows. They stood up the king. Think about it. They stood up the king. They disrespected his presence, his plans, and the price that he had paid for this party. Between the invitation and the celebration, these people had become infatuated with their own little world. They couldn't see beyond their noses. They had no vision. They were no longer in awe of being in the presence of the king, being in the courts of the king. They were no longer in awe of sitting at his table, Wayne, and eating his delicious food and being with his family in his house. Stuff, stuff, everybody say stuff. Stuff had stepped in and taken the place of the king's presence. For one guy, it was his land holdings, his real estate. For another guy, it was his business, his auction. For another guy, it was his relationships. When it was time to prove their true desires, it became obvious that they were very shallow in their commitment. And it was just a top of the heart kind of commitment rather than a from the bottom of my heart kind of commitment. So the king got angry. He became angry, it says. It says that. He commanded his servants to go into the streets and get anyone who would just to come to this party. Now this included, I'll paraphrase, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And, and, and it says the blind, the crippled, the maimed, the poor. And, and let's go ahead and, and kind of break this down and get some clarification because I've got, I got some stuff I want to give you. The physical descendants of Abraham were the initial invitees of which he speaks. The ethnic descendants of Abraham. And they said yes. But when their day of visitation came, the Bible says Jesus came to his own. And his own received him not. The invitation then went to the Gentiles, a.k.a. the bad and the ugly. The poor, the blind, the crippled, the maimed. Isaiah 9, 2 says, those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And we see that expansion. In the reading, it says, while the servant had great success in, in getting these to the table, he, he went back to his master and he said, there's still room. There's still room. So the master said, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. And that, my friends, is why Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's why in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, he said, listen, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to Prairieville, to the ends of the earth. I've been around the world. I've been some faraway places. To those people, Prairieville would have been just as far. 
frankly, this is where we come in. We have been invited to this table. You and me have been invited by King Jesus to a celebration where he wants to bless us and show us all that he's prepared for us. Amen? We used to sing an old song back in the old days, Teresa. You know, I like to go back to these old songs. And it said, and I always sing it in the voice of Willie T. Scott. That was my song leader. We didn't have set lists, Wesley, back in the day, and, and worship teams. We had a song leader, Adam, and we had some musicians, and it was congregational. In my papa's church, when it was time to sing, they said, we want the choir to come up and sing. And you know what happened? The whole congregation got up and walked up to the choir loft and left the visitors sitting out in the audience. And the ushers would pass out songbooks to the three people in the audience. <laughs> True story. And, and so in the olden days, we sang this song. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. I got to look at it. With his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Look at y'all go. What? I hear several versions. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and die. The bottom line is this. He's still got a table spread. He's still got everything. It's filled with healing and life and forgiveness and fullness and freedom and joy. And there's still room. And he's still calling. He's still calling. Hallelujah. I'm going to drive three points home today. The first one is this. The ones who showed up wanted to be there. They wanted to be there. I want to tell you like point. God is raising up an army of people who want to be here. And they want to be here more than anywhere else. Whoo. Some will walk away from possessions. Some will walk away from money. Some will walk away from family to be in this house. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes it costs you to get where God wants you to be. And there are people that he's calling and they're willing to pay the price and get where God wants them to be. Brothers and sisters, hear what I'm saying. I'm all about working hard. I'm all about making some money, making a living, making a good living. I'm all about having hobbies. I just told you about some sports opinions of mine. I love football and baseball and basketball, hunting and fishing. We're in that season right now. And, 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 and I, I love getaways and vacations and family uh, time and all that. But listen, you're looking around you today at some folks who have made up their minds. I'm putting the house of God first. I'm going to be in church when the doors are open. I'm going to gather together with God's people because I want everything God's got for me. Hallelujah. And, and I want to add, teach your 
kids the same kind of reality. Put that in their spirits. Don't let them make up their own minds if they're going to church or not. That was never a choice in my home. I never got up and said, Dad, I'm not going to church today. Because if I did, my dad would have slapped me upside the head. It would have been child abuse. Some people said I grew up with a drug problem. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open. Give your kids a drug problem. If you'll give them that drug problem, it'll help them not have another kind of drug problem. Amen? Teach them to love the house of God and to love the presence of God. We've been given an invitation like no other. I've been invited to the governor's mansion, and I have no doubt one day I'm going to be invited to the White House, right? I just have that kind of confidence. I'm an only child. What can I say? We've been invited into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is saying, my home is your home. I want you to be welcome home. God's raising up an army who wants to be here. They could truly say, no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place. And there's more to come. There's people coming. I'm telling you, there's people coming. Here's my second point. The king wanted his house to be full. He has been and still is all about filling the house. It is the will of God that this house be full every time the doors are open. And as long as there is room, Brothers and sisters, our job is not done. I am not content to have empty chairs, empty altars, an empty baptistry, empty classroom space, empty parking spots. We've got to fill up this house. This is our season, and this is our day. Amen? Now, I want you to take a look at a, a couple of pictures. Uh, Nicole, if you'll throw those up there. Look at that. Does anybody know what that is? But, oh, my, we've got some players. We have got some players in that. I didn't know a whole lot about poker until I started LifePoint. And the men of, the, of the, this house are like, Pastor, listen, I don't know how you feel, but we got a little poker game going on, you know. That's a true story. My sons didn't learn how to play poker from me. It was guys like Adam Berry who taught my sons, <laughs> Phil O'Connell taught my sons how to play poker. That's a full house, right? Lord Jesus, please forgive me for having cards in the house of God and having pictures of cards. Pawpaw, please forgive me. I'm sorry, Pawpaw. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm, I'm striving. I'm striving. Every day I'm striving, Pawpaw. But, but, you know, a full house, a full house. Let me give you a, a definition. A full house is a poker hand containing three cards of one rank and two cards of another. A full house. A full house. Each full house is ranked first by the rank of its triplet and then by the rank of its pair, as you can see on the screen, for instance. So a, a, a full house hand... Uh, full house hands that differ by suit alone, such as three kings and two jacks, and three kings and two jacks are of equal rank. So if if if, if they just differ by suit alone, then so okay. Here's what I'm saying: in a full house, 
in a full house. I'm over my head. In a full house. There is diversity of rank. There's diversity of suits. Uh, but, but a full house is a strong and a winning hand uh, when it comes to the game of poker. In this house, let me just put it this way. We need diversity. We need diversity. We, we don't need everything to be the same suit and everything to be the same rank, right? We, we need diversity in this house. I could give you stats for East Baton Rouge Parish. I could give you stats for Livingston and other parishes. And, and they differ somewhat from parish to parish. But I want to focus in just for time's sake on Ascension Parish right now. So listen to these stats. As of July 1, 2015, according to the United States Census Bureau, there are 119,455 people in Ascension Parish. From 2010 until 2015, the parish grew by 12,240 people, or 11.4%. That's 2,448 people per year for five years straight. Listen to this. 30.7% are under the age of 20. That's 36,673 people. Everybody say people under the age of 20. Wildlife kids, do you hear me? Young life, do you hear me? 12.5% are in their 20s. That's 14,932 people. Can you hear me? iGen or Gen Z or the centennial generation. 14.6% are in their 30s. That's 17,440 people. Are you hearing me? Millennials and young couples. 14.9% are in their 40s. That's 17,799 people. I just graduated from that group. 12.9% are in the group that I'm in now. They're 50s. That's 15,410 people. Can you hear me? Gen Xers. 8.5% are in their 60s. 10,154 people. 5.8% are 70 and above. That's 6,928 people. All for whom Christ died. Amen? All for whom Christ died. The, the baby boomers, 10,000 in the United States are retiring each and every day. It's amazing when you start crunching numbers. Listen to this. Out of 119,455 people, 34% claim to be Catholic, 10.9% Evangelical Protestant, 1.7% Mainline Protestant, 0.1% Black Protestant, 0.9% Other. And listen to this, 51.5% claim to be none. That's 55,198 people who don't have a religious affiliation. So, less than 1% claims to be something other than Christian. But over half, or almost 60,000 people in Ascension Parish alone. And there's different sources. I've pulled from a lot of different sources. So the numbers can vary somewhat. But you've got about 60,000 people in Ascension Parish, regardless of what they say. They don't really 
go to church anywhere. And that's just Ascension Parish. That's people we go to school with. That's people we work with. That's people we rub shoulders with. That's people we go to the grocery store and see every week. That's people that we know. People for whom Christ died. And of the ones who are affiliated with church, most don't on any given Sunday really go to church. This is a hard number to, to, to nail down, to find what it is. What's the number of people that go to church in Ascension Parish on any given Sunday? And, and, and you can go to some sources and find the exact number of congregations in Ascension Parish. And they have a breakdown of numbers. they got a breakdown of different church groups. How many go here? How many go there? 28 go here. 113. I don't know where they get all these numbers. But, but you crunch it. And I think if you're very generous, in my opinion, if you're generous with the numbers and you just say 10% or let's just say 20% go to church on a regular basis, you're looking at basically 24,000 people out of 119,455 that go to church on a regular basis. People for whom Christ died. People, here's what I'm saying. People are not going to church. The, the, the fields are ripe. They're white. They're ready. They're ready for harvest. And God is sending this church into the field. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's talk diversity. 88,875 are white, non-Hispanic. 26,758 are African-American. 6,211 are Hispanic people. People for whom Christ died. There are Asians, Native Americans, mixed race, Europeans. There are even Canadians. He's an EBR. He doesn't even count over here, right? There are thousands, listen to this, and there are thousands and thousands of prodigals. Out on the streets, people who knew the Lord, and for whatever happened, whatever reason, they had a bad experience. They got burned. They got hurt. Life hit them right between the eyes. The devil stole the word out of their heart. For whatever reason, these prodigals have one. There's thousands of prodigals. We used to call prodigals backsliders. Backsliders, prodigals, whatever the terminology is. I understand we try to clean it up. People that once knew God, had a relationship with God, and for whatever reason, walked. there's thousands and thousands of them. God spoke to me. Just a few months ago, in a prayer meeting here at LifePoint, he said, Donovan, I would say to LifePoint, mobilize and activate. I will go before you, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Tell them, welcome home, Donovan. Tell them they are welcome home. The third point I want to bring to you today is this. People must be compelled to come in. When the master heard that his servant had gone out and gotten all these messed up folks to come in, he said, and, and, the, and the servant said, there's still room. He said, go out into the highways, go out into the country and get those country folks. But you're going to have to compel them because they're going to laugh in your face 
They're not going to believe you when you say the king wants you to be in his house. They're going to say, you've got to be kidding, not me. He would never want me to come into his house. You're going to have to convince them, yes, he wants you. Years ago, uh, Dwayne and Stephanie, my cousin, Valerie's cousins, had moved up. And, and Dwayne was out one day working, and he saw one of these trucks go by that was selling meat. There's a freezer in the back of the truck, you know, it's pretty appealing, you know, like you get like choice steaks and all for, you know, like pennies on the dollar. And Dwayne got all inspired and bought all kind of meat from the dude in the truck, the meat salesman with the freezer on the back of the truck. Now, you may do that. That's great. But the guy that Dwayne bought it from, man, I just started realizing, like, he invited us over. He's like, man, I got tons of meat. I got it, you know, for $12, you know, for like... 17 tons of meat. I got $12. Cost me. Y'all come on. We're grilling everything. And man, it was pretty meat. It was red. It was beautiful. And he put it on the grill. And, and as it was grilling, it started, I started thinking to myself, this doesn't smell like normal meat. Like this smells like funny. Like, like it's ruined. Like something's wrong. You know, your nose can tell. I was like, something's not right with this. But we were so excited about the, the great deal and the prettiness of the meat that we just, we just forged ahead anyway. And, you know, what's the old spite your nose? You know, like we just, in spite of it, we just kept going anyway. And so, man, we had baked potatoes. We had it all spread. And I remember cutting into that meat, and I was like, <laughs> and it was taking me a while to get through it. I finally got me a little piece. I took a bite. And we all started doing it about the same time. Took a bite. I was like, you know, like, something is not right with this. It looked great, but it smelled funny. I, I did some research, and I realized the FDA rates beef. You've got prime. This comes from steers with abundant marbling. It represents the best in class, the top 3% of the market. High-end steakhouses are where this is found. You don't, you don't find this at LeBlanc's necessarily or at Logan's out here. You're going to find this at Ruth's Chris and high-end steakhouses. Choice, well, this is small to moderate marbling. It's from steers and cows, and they're not necessarily prize-winning cattle. You have select. It's dry. It's tough. It's chuck. It's cheap. It's best used in stew or chili as to disguise its cheapness. They're standard and commercial. This contains little to no marbling and is sometimes labeled as blue ribbon as to fake you out into thinking it's something special when in reality it S-U-C-K-S's, right? And then there's utility, cutter, and canner. This is made from old cows and is used in really, really cheap ground beef, hot dogs, and even dog food. And on the website I was looking at, it said, buyer, beware. <laughs> Listen, this house is not just for prime people and choice 
people and select people. There are some of us in this house that smell a little funny and we got a little stuff that has messed us up. But the king has said, you are welcome at this table. Give him praise. I just received reports from our LifePoint team leaders, and, and it's, it's blown me away. Uh, in 2016, so far, our monthly attendance average has increased every month. In other words, every month, was we had an average attendance more than the previous month. Every month in 2016. It's been amazing, the growth that has been taking place here at LifePoint. And our teams have more people serving on them now than they did at the beginning of the year. I got a picture of one of our beloved team members right here. Check it out. It's fun to serve here at LifePoint, right? I, I named that picture Rosie Ray. <laughs> Rosie Ray. I was so glad I snapped that picture. But, but our teams have been growing and it's because people have been going through Discover Life and getting plugged in somewhere to serve, to get into the DNA of the culture of this house. This house is all about, and God has reminded me more than ever, it's all about being fascinated with Jesus and then trying to get people to the house, get people to Jesus, into the presence of the Lord. Jesus loves people. Our God has never chosen the people who didn't need him. He's only chosen the people who recognized, I need him. I don't deserve to be in this house. Oh, I'm blown away. I don't deserve to be. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you so much. Even, even the ethnic Jews, check it out, they, they came. They were the offspring of a man and woman who could not have had kids without God's help only the people who need him and we've got to compel people you yes you you are welcome in this house and I'm closing I'm closing I'm a little long today but it's vision Sunday I'm closing I got some tools I got some tools to help us I got a game plan let me pull out my toolbox thank you Ron for letting me borrow my toolbox I got some tools. First thing I got is I've got just some little invite cards. This is a simple little tool. We got a picture of it put on the screen. It just says, welcome home. And on the back, it says, LifePoint Church, join us. Sundays at 10, Wednesdays at 7. Got the address, Jesus People Mission, and the website on it. Just, just a little invite card. We got hundreds of these. We'll get as many as we need. You just put this in somebody's hand and say, hey, we'd love to have you join us at LifePoint Church. we got tons. Of, we're going to pray over these cards at the end of the service that God's going to put an anointing on them and that angels will go with them and a, and a card just blow and just land on somebody's like, hey, check that out. I know where that church is. It's on the corner of Airline and Daigle, right across from the new LeBlanc, right across from the new Walmart. I think I'm going to go to that church on Sunday. God's going to help us. Here's a little tool that we have 
some cards, just some little cards. It's, it's, it's a tool, but God has given it to you. Know, you know where we got these, this design? Starbucks. Starbucks has these cards right here. I, I tell you something I don't even have in my toolbox, but we're setting up a playlist on Spotify, Music of Life Point. And, and we're going to have a little card that says, you want to check out the Music of Life Point, the songs we sing? Go to Spotify, log on, get a, go to the, uh, the, the uh, Music of Life Point uh, page, uh, station, and you can listen to all the songs. Like we, we stole that from Starbucks, too. Uh, Mr. Schultz didn't mind at all. But right here, just welcome home. Just a simple welcome, not a business card. doesn't have titles on it. Just welcome home. Join us. We got a lot of those. I'll tell you something else that we have going on for us, and that is we have Friend Day. Friend Day coming up March the 5th of 2017. And this Friend Day is uh, something that has been very effective in this LifePoint family. As a matter of fact, we have some very active families at LifePoint. They're all over all over different teams of LifePoint. And, and that would be uh, the Store family that came from a Friend Day. The Jeremini family that came from a Friend Day invitation that are just so involved here at LifePoint, such the heartbeat of LifePoint. And you know where they came from? Friend Day. Friend Day, it's, it's simple. It's, it, everybody does just simple. Hey, come join us. It's an excuse to invite somebody. Be my friend. Are you my friend? Come to my Friend Day. We always have goodies and stuff. Friend Day is a tool that we're going to use to get people. They don't have to be prime. They don't have to be choice. Just people. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Are they alive? Good. Good. Don't bring dead people. Just, just living people. Just living people. Another thing, Super Sundays. We got some coming up. In, we got Super Sunday. The Christmas is one of our Super Sundays. We have a few of these a year. It's just an excuse. We have kids singing. We got a special program. Nothing gets grandparents and parents out like kids singing so we always have the kids sing and and just it's some kind of something or another to get people to the church just just get them in the house just get them in the house do what you compel them well i don't normally go to church well that's okay a bunch of us didn't either and so why don't you come join us we're just all you know chuck <laughs> and commercial grade we're all a little bit hazardous. I'll tell you something else we're doing at LifePoint is we're, we're going to have another semester of groups, just small groups, just groups where we gather together and we talk about different issues. We've done it geographical. We've done it in uh, you know, marriage and parenting, and we get requests, hey, I, I, I like some advice on how to be a, a good parent. Uh, what's the best thing I could do? Hey, we got a group on that. Just, just come gather around. It's just getting to know people. It's teaching some good stuff. I'll tell you what else we're doing. We're putting together altar follow-up with a, a, a video. That's what this says, altar. I think I spelled it right. I don't know. Altar follow-up right here. Hey, let's put it right there. Altar follow-up. This, this is to help people that, you know, that, that came up front to be prayed for healing. They had a moment in healing. We want to give them some words, some ammo, some next steps. Some things they could do. Maybe they came up and they repented. They turned to Jesus. They're not sure what their next step is. We want to help them take that next step. And we're putting it together in a video format and a little Bible study. And, and we're color coordinating all with our dots, Jesus, people, mission. And, and, and we're uh, 
we, we already have this in place, an online newsletter. Uh, I didn't run this by Valerie and Wendy, but, but I'm doing the best I can. We've already talked about all this stuff, but I didn't tell them specifically this. Oh, I didn't want to put it there. This, this is an online newsletter. We already do this. If you haven't signed up for the online newsletter, you ought to do that. It's a lot of valuable information, just a connection, just a touch point. Uh, Wendy, what do you text? We got a slide for that? You can get on the online newsletter, join up, get information. I'll tell you something, more, something else we're doing. We bought a computer for it. This is on our, this is on our plate. This is on our agenda. Uh, we're recording our church services and our sermons, and you can get all that kind of stuff. Yep. We're going to start videoing. We eventually want to put it all on a podcast or on, a, on the website, have a connection for that. We're, we're doing a prayer request hospital visitation team hotline. Uh, we, we miss people sometimes because people say, I'm going to the hospital or whatever. And, uh, like, okay, well, I, that was, I forgot about it on Monday. I'm sorry. You know, just forget things. So we're going to have a system whereby we can just connect with people and we can be with them in some of their, putting it right down here, some of their difficult times. And I'll t why are we doing all this? Because it's our season. Jesus loves people. And we're going to do whatever we got to do to touch them, to get in their lives, to help them. They don't have to be perfect people. We don't allow perfect people in this house. Just, just people, just people with warts and all. People bring problems, pre people bring issues. They bring all their baggage. They bring their preconceived ideas of what they, they think church ought to be. It's okay. We will figure this thing out together. Just get in the presence of Jesus and let him work on us and reach out and grab somebody else. Can you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. Some of you are teaching Bible studies. I want you to do it in faith, knowing that God is giving the increase. And God is with you. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? Stand strong in those Bible studies. Teach the word of God. When the devil comes to steal the word, you don't have to rebuke people. Just rebuke the devil. In Jesus' name, I come against every spirit that will come against the work of the Holy Spirit in this Bible study. I'm a man of God standing here with the word of God. And I'm here to teach the word. And I'm going to share the word of God. Let the word of God be unfettered in this particular Bible study. Amen? Teach strong. Teach powerfully. Hallelujah. I, I, I got more. I got to quit. It's just, it's time, church. We got to welcome people home. We got to welcome them home. He's talking about the prodigals. Last week, we had a girl who was from some of our earliest days of Life Point, who was in church with us, with her new family. Blew my mind. We talk about the early days of Life Point. It was just wild boys and wild girls, and many of them have given their lives fully to Jesus and are back in Houston. But some are around this area. And there she is. And Adam said, man, in prayer today, I was, I, that all came back to me. There, there are people that we just looked at as ships passing in the night. But really, they're prodigals. They're still in this community. God's reaching and touching them. And he's going to pull them into this house to be strong and stable and mature believers that, that he uses powerfully. Amen. If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, can you lift your hand? 
You, you got family members that don't know Jesus? How many of you know a prodigal, a backslider, someone that's walked away from God? They know better, but they don't seem like they don't seem to act like it. I'm telling you, it's our season. We've got to welcome them home. This needs to feel like home to them. You know, it's it's cheesy, but we started baking cookies at one point around here at Life Point. Because one of the things you like when you go home is the smell of fresh baked cookies, you know? We started baking cookies so people walk in and go, man, smells like home, you know? We may bring that little practice back. We, we want people to feel welcomed home. We want to knock it out of the park on hospitality. We're so glad you're here. Man, when my mom and, and dad, you know, when we would go home to visit, there was a day when it was when I would go home to visit. Oh, Donovan. Then it was Donovan and Valerie. Oh, Donovan and Valerie. Then it was like Caleb, Lizzie, and Alexander. Oh, it's so good to see. Well, we're so glad you're home. Just hugging on us, uh, them. And then I was like, hey, Dad. Oh, hey, son. Come here, grandbabies. You know, just loving on the grandbabies. I'll know that feeling one day. We'll know that feeling one day. But, but the idea of going home and the parents just rejoicing. We're so glad you're here. We have got to convey the love of the Father to a lost and dying world. They are welcome here. Amen. What I want us to do today, if you need special prayer, I want you to, I want you to come and let us know. But I want us to come pray over these cards. And I want us to make some bottom-of-the-heart commitments. I'm in this house. I don't deserve to be here. But I'm answering this invitation. And I'm here for you, Lord. And I'm here for others. I want to invite you to come right now. We'll pray over these cards in a minute, and we're going to have communion. This is first Sunday. We're going to have communion at the very, very end.